We are live, JW Mega Mike Show. I am your host, the Candyman. And today, you're in for a special comedic treat. We got Mauricio here. Wow, I just I just spent 30 minutes in line at a Taco Bell, and I didn't even think for a second for I thought that maybe I wasn't even going to make it here on time. Um, giving away some challah bread here or challah bread at uh, 420. Expecting uh, some calls. Well, welcome to Mutiny Radio. I know you've been here many times. Mutiny Radio Universe. Mutiny Radio Universe. The sound waves. So you you said that you got caught up on a coin star on the way over here? Yeah, man. I was uh every time I go into the Safeway near Castro, it's like something always happens. Like some lady was trying to steal alcohol, so that made the whole coin star thing a lot more intense. Uh the line magically got bigger. And then by, I was like, damn it, I really want my ten dollars and thirty three cents, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got places to be. I thought it was going to be a quick in and out, but every time I always seem to go in there, something always happens. And then I just had to book it from there, so I, I was like, I can't let JW down, damn it, you know? He looks up to me, so I had to, get, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to be here, you know? Yeah, I felt that yeah. rush. I just, uh, it's such a strange time, and, you know, I I felt like maybe I, I maybe felt a little bit of that too, you know, in line at Taco Bell where it was just like maybe there was a high turnover rate on the inside. Wait, which Taco Bell did you go to? Um, so I went to the one um, off of uh, Geneva and by the Sunnydale Projects. Oh, okay. Because that one is a, um, a drive-through, um, and I have a guitar, and I was just like, I don't want to leave my, my car unattended while I go into the Taco Bell. You know, So I thought it was going to be a, a quicker way to go about it, but I probably would have been better off walking in. But Wow, even more of a mess, huh? Yeah, I know. I was trying to, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know, my birthday was last week, and I, uh, I've given up soda. And so I, I thought I'd have it, you know, I arranged um, to stop by the liquor store here on the corner, but I didn't even have enough time to do that. I, like, showed up right, and then you did too. This is, like, yeah, just fashionistas in a tech boom here. Yeah, so everyone listening, avoid Taco Bells and Safeways everywhere. Yeah, if it wasn't for the pandemic and not having anybody on the road, um yeah that would have been that would have been a record it's like sunnyvale and castro can burn in hell that's how i feel <laughs> you know <laughs> too many messes out there yeah so i know that uh you were doing a lot of these outdoor comedy events and uh, i attended a couple of them and uh i had a really great time but i know with this uh shelter in place it's got to be some uh challenges there huh well to some extent i mean depends on how you look at it i mean uh if anything, I've been like William Wallace, kind of just going everywhere with by myself with my own PA, talking to the people, you know? So, uh, I don't know, Mauricio always finds a way to perform to his people, you know? I'm not I'm not some punk sellout that, like, just because parklets are closed or something's closed, like, that means I stop, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and plus I got also the internet to piss people off on, you know? So, I'm doing good. So, um, you know what's really great? I love, you know, having the artists on the show because I get to... You know, we know each other. You're a funny guy, because uh, that's what you identify with. Yeah, and, sometimes. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, how did you wind up in the Golden City, huh? Well, if anything, uh, I started stand-up comedy when I was 14 over in Portland, Oregon, and then uh, the next step was to like do clubs, right? So I went to Seattle, and that's where I got a lot of my chops out of the way. 
Then I got to know San Francisco on the road. There was a guy named uh, Scott Shields, and uh, he took me on my first tour ever where I got to open for a bunch of veteran comedians at casinos, all these things, right? So he took me to Humboldt County. He took me to Gilroy. And at Gilroy, uh, he hired him and his team hired uh, Tony Sparks, who's the San Francisco legend. So he's technically my second friend ever from uh, the San Francisco scene. And he told me, hey, you should come check out San Francisco. So through that, I checked it out. Then later, as I got older, I like needed to be a place like here to get better instead of Seattle. So that's how I ended up over here. Wow, that's yeah. great. Yeah, Tony Sparks. I remember the first time I met him, it was in uh, REI. Did you ever go do the REI thing? Yeah, what? It was. Oh uh, my gosh. It wasn't, was it REI? I thought it was a sports basement, right? That's what it is. It's an R I don't know what REI stands for, but it's right next to the Airbnb. Um, it's a sports and a uh, can't they got everything there. Was it the one down the street where like there was like couches and stuff? Yeah, it's like Brandon Street. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Wait, is what? it Brandon Street? No, ran, it's Bryant Street. Ran by what? Anthony Medina? It's Bryant Street. Yeah. I know that show, man. Oh my god. How many times have I been wasted at that show? I was in tears laughing the whole time yeah, with, with Tony Sparks. Tony's intense, man. I didn't realize that, you know, so what was funny about it is um, you know, because we when when did we meet I think did we meet at International? That sounds about right. Yeah, we met at International and then continued on into Hotel Utah. And then I was running into you, too, as well at Bizarre Cafe. So those That's are right. the big three. Yeah. I, I remember, yeah, that mood. There was that um that set that you did. And I know it's the Star Wars. Um, <laughs> Everyone always brings that one up. I, I love Star that Wars, one. by the way. I love that one. I um, It makes me feel a little warm and fuzzy. Especially being in the Mission District here on in you know at Mutiny. I mean, we're in Tamale Lady Land here. We're yeah. just like right in it. It used to be Tamale Lady Land. It's uh, it's literally like craft beer slash on a fourteen dollar plates land and some bullshit uh golf playing place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know that Urban Putt or whatever. I hope they burn in hell. I hope they're listening. Yeah, I mean that. What is? I went there. I can't. He went I, uh, to the urban pie. I went one time. That's how you really eliminate Mexicans in the mission, right there. That statement. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be Tamale Ladyland until JW went in there. Are you telling me that um, Mexicans don't mini golf? I mean, we don't go there. You know? <laughs> we can't afford to go there. We go to like family fun centers outside of San Francisco where they don't want to see us. Yeah, you know, so it's interesting. So have you ever heard of the um, the game actually itself, Mexican golf? Have you heard of that? No, like what's involved? Two knives. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that is that's funny. That actually sounds more fitting. This is actually um, it's two balls actually um, that are on a string, and you and you throw it, and you try to ring it around the rosy, or ring it around this little bar. It's like this double stacked bar. You never done that? No, I man. I don't know who the hell you're hanging out with. <laughs> sounds like Central America activities. Central California, I guess. Yeah. It's like the same as Central America. <laughs> like, <laughs> make, we, we, I definitely don't go there, you know? Make America Mexico again. Yeah, but those places are like, make it like, I don't know, like Juarez again. I don't know, man. Those are, <laughs> those are like the places we shout out, you know? I'm from Mexicali, Mexico. We're a lot classier than that. So, yeah, so that's great. So, you're, you're born... In Mexico. Yeah, I'm from Mexico. Fuck Whereas yeah. I, I'm from real California before uh, the yeah, border and conquistadors. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I do I do own a um, Make America Mexico Again hat. I thought it was great. I thought it was true in some ways, in some regards, in a lot of regards. But um, it wasn't 
funny when I wore it because it just looks like a Make America Great Again hat, and you got to be like right up next to it to even tell it. See, I appreciate it, but I mean, people don't want to bring up that in Mexico, our states, different states, it's like you're in different countries. So I would rather just be like, no, man, I don't want all of America to be Mexico again. I want Texas, you know, uh, Nevada, California. I want them to be a part of us again, you know, the Baja California Norte and all that, you know. That's our region. That's uh, the border towns. Yeah, man. It's like, next? Yeah, on that note, I don't root for Chivas if anyone's listening. No? No, man. It's a, <laughs> that's a whole other little thing, man. I root for America. I represent city culture in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, we don't wear cowboy hats. No? No, we wear gold chains. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the weird thing is uh, we wear Amber, Crombie, and Finch. That really took over Mexicali. Yeah, you know, I, I've i seen that, too. That was Is that still a thing, or was that maybe... Well, in Mexicali, it's a thing. I don't know about our, co- our distant cousin, Tijuana, but in Mexicali, uh, they built this outlet mall in Calexico on the U.S. side. And uh, before that, they would go to, like, kind of these, like, little local shops or maybe go out of their way to go to a mall further. And, you know, it was, like, sporadic. But when that outlet mall blew up, and it was Abercrombie and Fitch, Aeropostal, Aeropostal? Like, they took over. That's how all my cousins look. Nice. Yeah, they look like the models on the posters. I I bet. Yeah, and uh, I mean, misconception, too, with Mexicali, uh, I'm, like, the shortest man in Mexicali. All my cousins are, like, six foot something. Did you not eat your vegetables? Well, my mom slept with an indigenous man, so I came out like this. <laughs> A lot of my cousins are light-skinned, and, like, by 14, they're already, like, near six foot something, you know? Wow. Yeah. It could be worse. Yeah, I guess, man. That's why I, <laughs> that's why I moved to uh, San Francisco and Oakland, man, because uh, out here it's a Yucatans. They're 10 times shorter than me, so I love it. Yeah. No, yeah. And in the mission, I'm considered a, quite a tall man. Like, I love this, you know? In Mexicali, man, it's like my little little cousins who were like are barely like 14. They're like taller than me and stronger, you know? Yeah. That's how it goes. You have any siblings? Yeah, fortunately. And you're the oldest? I'm the oldest. I don't know why I knew that. It just seemed like it. It's just, you know, kindred spirits, man. You got your Jewish sweater on. I got my Santa one on. You know, it's yeah. like kindred. Something kindred is in here. Yeah. Yeah, I was a I was a Catholic Jew growing up, non-practicing. Wow, man. I always so thought it feel like I have a war Mexican with heart. <laughs> you were at war within yourself. Wow, man, that's intense. Yeah. It was an interesting. Uh, Which side prevailed, the Catholic side or the Jewish side? I'm going to have to say probably, I don't know, I had a I had a nun in the family, so I think because she did all that time that I probably <laughs> owe it to her <laughs> yeah, to just dude. be a Catholic. Well, you're wearing the wrong sweater today, man. Well, <laughs> Quite hey, the well, insult. Well, no, this this says holidays like the um like the bread. Oh, okay. So it's not it's not, not really Hanukkah. Well, I got the Jewish stars and, and I got the Jewish the whole, guy the Jewish with the beard. Guy. <laughs> but it doesn't <laughs> say a, Happy Hanukkah. It says Happy holidays. Yeah, but I, I feel like they're going for a Hanukkah theme, though. Oh, they are definitely. <laughs> I think you need a little. I think you need like two reindeer and a Santa Claus in there to make it more Catholic. Yeah, you know what it is for <laughs> me is I feel like if um I was Santa Claus, and I rolled in in a Hebrew sleigh with a bag full of truffles. That's you need a, you need a sweater with like the Pope rocking like a uh, Jewish chain. That that's like the sweater you need. Yeah, that could uh, work. That'd be <laughs> and with the Jewish hat, you know, instead of the Pope hat. Yeah. Oh, my God, man. We could blow minds with that one. We could start our own cult, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. 
There's a lot of material getting out coming out of this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, so you know what is um it's it's really fun, you know, I feel like eating or eating meeting because <laughs> there's a difference. Uh meeting um you know other artists in an open mic scene, there's something that's really bond there's like a bond about it right you know people are doing somersaults on stage and shit and you just people you know and you so you're there's this kind of a bond that you that you um that you get you know or that you with meeting people within this kind of underground community and that's um you know where we met and you know seeing people bomb sets it's so fun oh yeah have you i mean um there was someone here a comedian here um who i saw bomb a set at a international cafe pre-pandemic and he was with this girl and this she was she was over it she was like get the fuck away because <laughs> he's like yeah it was just um i you do you remember those times he bombed a set i'm just i just kind of want to get in that because i'm not a comedian um but uh have you you know that feeling after you like you feel like you bombed one yeah, for sure, man. And uh, state of comedy with what I do, you have to bomb. If, if not, then you're not moving forward. You're going to stay stuck in the same place. Like, I literally just bombed, what, two days ago at Lake Merritt in Oakland? Uh, it was a tough crowd, A. And then, B, it's like uh, there's just new material that I'm throwing out there that I did not expect it to kill. So I, I made a list of, like, five things to talk about. Two things stood out. The rest I dropped right away, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, uh, bombing is essential on my thing, man. Uh, if you can't bomb, if you're not going to feel comfortable bombing, you should really quit stand-up comedy and go do poetry or something, you know, where people will give you hugs and stuff. Bombing is the thing, man. I love it, man. I love when uh, someone asks me, like, should I take a stand-up comedy class? I'm like, no, man, just bomb like the rest of us. That's the school right there, you know? Yeah, you got to start somewhere. Well, particularly in stand-up, man, bombing means that you're actually trying new things while, like, if you're just getting this applause all the time, you're probably just saying the same material that you've been saying for five years, you know? There's definitely some um, some sets I know that by heart because I've, I've heard it so many times. Yeah. Right. And um, not yours. I'll never be able to remember the Star Wars one. I think that's, that's what makes it great, you know? I write a particular way where, like, every time performance starts, it sounds brand new. So I got that going, but I definitely understand about certain comedians I've seen where, like, same jokes for five years. I'm like, geez, Louise, it almost makes me want to quit. <laughs> I don't know. Go become my, my, my real daydream, you know, which is ghost busting. Ghost busting. I think about it every day or start a cult. Those are the two. It's possible. Yeah, man. So here, that's the way to make money on TLC, the Learning Channel. The Learning Channel. Yeah, yeah. it's all ghost busting now. Yeah, people elbow bumping, elbow bumping, and um, <laughs> yeah. and ghost bumping, um, busting, all at the same time. Yeah. Speaking of elbow bump, I was thinking I'm uh, blaring this uh, this song elbow bump, and then we're gonna be taking a call at four uh, four twenty. Um. Yeah, some uh, hollow bread giveaway. It's uh, four one f- numbers four one five 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 zero oh five one one. Again, it's four one five 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 zero oh five one one. This is a song called Elbow Bump. I think everyone could relate out there, and it's by the White Act. Oh, I love those guys.
up the funny bones. Elbow bump. Keep the germs you have your own. Elbow bump. My, how your hygiene sure has grown. Elbow bump. Even better when you're stoned. Elbow bump. Elbow bump. Elbow bump. Elbow bump. Elbow bump. Cause you got something in your hands. Elbow bump. And you look good in that They used to want to shake hands. Elbow bump. They'd exchange more than shakes, but excretions from their glands. Elbow bump. Absorbent as a porous sponge plunged into sludge. Elbow bump. Prevent harm spread with bent arm ends. Elbow bump. Elbow bump. Elbow bump. Elbow bump. That is Elbow Bump, the Wyatt Act. I love those guys. Oh, I've performed many times with them, too. Yeah, they're fun. They're great. And, uh, yeah, Jason Young's son. See, speaking about communities, like earlier you said about art communities, like to me the one I felt the bond with was the Hotel Utah slash Neck of the Woods slash Bazaar Cafe slash Cafe International. That, to me, was the one, you know? That's what I actually, the only thing I missed before COVID. Was uh, the white like the the community that oh, yeah. that solid community? Yeah, I mean the the neck of the woods is was really fun, and uh, you know it's really um, who's I think I want to say that um, Hotel Utah and Brendan Gazell they attempted to to do an open mic a virtual open mic one time and I think it was a success, but uh, you know Bizarre Cafe has been really going strong with that with the um the virtual open mics every Thursday. So they've been, um, I think actually Brendan Gazelle was on Bizarre Cafe open mic last night. Um, wow, powerful, man. I, I miss Brendan Gazelle like crazy, man. That is definitely like one of the main guys who I miss. Because I used to call father. You remember those days, no? Luke? No, Brendan Gazelle. I would call him dad, man. But uh, no, it makes sense with Brent, uh, with uh, Bizarre Cafe. It's a more tight-knit group, man. I miss a lot of those peeps, too, man. Just the other day, I thought about Oscar like three times. Strange. The Lonely Dinga? Yeah. You know, yeah. Whatever, whatever his nicknames are these days. I remember when he gave me a fruit snack, man. We've been like good friends since, you know? Yeah. I'm, I want to say, yeah, I think I'm trying to remember when I met Oscar for the first time. I definitely, I think, like we'd mentioned, you know, before the the elbow bump is that there's something when you know when you meet someone in an artistic kind of open mic thing that you're you automatically have something in common and that's something that we all have in common 
Um, and I don't know. There's just uh, I wonder what Oscar's doing right now. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's out on lake fishing, man, thinking about life. At least that's how I picture him. Pescatarian. yeah him and chris man they're probably out on a boat man fishing you know yeah chris mendoza chris mendoza (laughs) i think about him too man Uh, that's something about his smile when you feel down that makes you feel like you can accomplish anything you know yeah oh and then those warm hugs from ali man those were needed you know yeah that's how I I think that's how I never got COVID is because of her hugs right before COVID, you know. And everybody that didn't get her hugs, man, I hope you're burning in hell. He's referring to Alice in Wonder Band. Oh, the good um, stuff. Yeah, I, that was the first open mic I ever went to International Cafe. She was the feature. Oh, really? It was the first open mic I ever went to. And she had um these percussion, like, that was tied to her foot or something so she's in there playing guitar and like doing stuff with her feet and it's like making a jingle i was like wow this is fucking insane i thought it was awesome wow the good old days man oh international man i walked by it still you know those were those were good times right there yeah i don't yeah. know if, is clyde still doing the the thing the well, he said time? rain or shine uh, he's still gonna be out there yeah in his own words Clyde always, man. Now, that guy's a definitely an undercover cop, you know? Yeah. What a character. What a character. And it, it's been, it was fun, too, running the, the mic for him. One time I had the the privilege of uh, running it for him. Damn, man. And did it really make me appreciate how he keeps time of everybody, man. I, I still don't get it. It took us three people to do his job, and he's only by himself. Ridiculous. Yeah. It does take a special kind of thing. So um, recently, I don't know if I told you much about it. I've I've only had musicians over so far. Kind of, actually, I I think Pam Pam actually uh, came over. And, you know, was the host for one of the bands. But um, you know, so I'm I'm kind of under the radar. But uh, I, you know, started streaming these bands back in June. Because you know. When the lockdown had happened, was it March 16th? You're thinking it's going to be two weeks, and it's two months, and you're like, what am I doing with my life? So then I started uh, streaming these bands from the, the top of my roof. And originally, it was just like the uh, the camera. But it was like, you know, I mean, your regular phone. Well, I mean, if you're using your regular phone, I mean, that, that's a mediocre, like, microphone, right? And I think it's different. You know, I think if you're a comedian, you just like... You're free balling it, right? You just got your uh, your mic in your hand, and that's all you need. But with you know music and having multiple instruments and getting that sound kind of um, dialed in, you know, like Clyde and Brendan and you know Allie, you know, running these open mics that you don't really think about it. You just go up there and play, or you do your set. Um, but it, I definitely went through the same thing too, where I just. Not that I didn't never appreciated it before, but even more, because it's just, um, yeah. I mean, whatever Brendan Gazeld is doing on his end, I know he did that uh, Lady Gaga. Uh, was it was that Bren Romance? God, that was good too. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's got that all dialed in. Um, he has to. He's got to be, you know, 
I am still shocked by Brennan Gazelle and Clyde always, man. I it, it makes no sense, and it, I don't envy <laughs> musicians on top of that, man. Like, thank God that all I need is like a pencil and like a piece of paper, and I'm I'm good, you know. To be honest, you know, and maybe just one microphone. That's it. Yeah, there's some the simplicity of that is really great. You never thought about being a rapper? No, man. God no. You know, hey, the thing <laughs> is about like musicians is that like you guys are easily loved, and I've always hated that. Like. With all due respect, it's like I, I've even seen it with close friends. Like I, I could tell when they they internally have messed up a note, and they feel it on the inside, but the crowd has no idea, and they still applaud, you know. And like they're still getting some of the love. Well, like in comedy, man, what I fell in love with was like people trying to beat you up after the show. People like, I'm not laughing at this. You suck, you know. Like it could go either way. That's what I really love about. It's uh, more. That's really suspenseful. Yeah. Yeah, related to that uh, albino guy that kept hitting himself with a metal chain in the Da Vinci Code to purify himself. Like the, like Is that the, what Tom Like Hanks? your fellow Catholics did? Yeah. Like, that's what I love about comedy, right there. The chain to the back every time I fail, you know? Yeah, I, I could see the suspense in that, definitely. I think I'd really make it... I like the masochism of stand-up comedy. That's what I'm about, you know? Yeah. yeah. So my biggest or thing that I deal with is if I'm joking, people think I'm being serious. And then when I'm being serious, people think I'm joking. So then I end up in this place where people are looking at me like, what the fuck? And I think that's what it would be if I tried to dabble in stand-up comedy. People are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I would I have to bomb. That. Like I, I would have to get up there and bomb. That's the golden rule, man. Get up and bomb for five years, and then you'll figure something out. That's That's what I got taught when I was coming up. That was it. It was like, I like when people were like trying to skip, try to skip corners, all these things. I'm like, no, nah, man, just bomb, write your jokes, and then eventually you get funny. That's it. It's not too much to it. This isn't like rocket science or whatever. And it's like, and we're not learning another language like musicians, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, um, I really, uh, I feel like, you know, because anyone listening in, I don't know, I'm the candy man. I have a lot of different names. Candy man. Wow. I, uh, play, um, you know, music is my, my main thing and where I could really relate on the whole, you know, comedy in general is, you know, improvising and, and doing that. And, uh, you know, that's the first time I met Tony Sparks. There was somebody at REI that was in the back and they were, you know, doing a donation basis drink situation. Oh man, did I abuse those back in the day? And, uh, he, uh, said the bartender, you know, the wet vampire in the back. You know, and he said whatever he did, he's, it was just totally made up on the spot. He didn't even know this person. He just he just made it up, and it was so funny. Like, it was just, there's no way he could have planned this for this person to sit there. Or not not sit there, to be standing there at the precise time. Like No way to plan it, but, man, uh, it's definitely mastering your style, you know, your your certain style. Like, that's definitely his style, you know? He loves playing with the crowd. Yeah, so in that, Humans. His, Humans. M his mind is wired to that. So that's what makes him really good. Uh, there was a At Last Cafe, so we, you know, kind of wrapping up since this whole shelter-in-place thing, we did one of the last shows, you know, after Comedy Mutiny. Uh, and there's somebody up there doing their set, and there's some guy that walks out with a number for somebody to give them their food. And so, <laughs> it kind of became part of the set. <laughs> it was pretty fun. I thought it was hilarious. With the food numbers? Yeah, it was God. like 26, and then the, the, the comedian's like, 26. 
God, that's hilarious. always the worst. Man. No, God. it was it was pretty funny though. I thought it was funny, and being in the audience, it was funny. If maybe if I was the person doing my set, I would feel different. Oh, you got to work with it, but you're just like, God damn, does it throw you off sometimes? Oh no, the worst set I ever seen was a place called Brainwash. Uh, there was a comedian on stage, and while he was on stage, uh, there was a like a homeless person that like OD'd in the bathroom. So, like, oh, they didn't even stop the show. He had to keep going as the ambulance rushed in to resurrect the guy in the bathroom and get him out on a stretcher. Yeah, crazy. Wow. And he, he, cool. he had to keep going on that. You know? <laughs> wow. You know, it is, um, it's, I've heard so many stories with brainwash, you know, and a lot of the one-liners and everything you can get off in, like, one or two minutes. I just can't imagine some of these, you know, it's a brainwash, you know, is, you know, used to, it was a, cafe they had food it was laundry and they had stand-up comedy i just can't imagine sitting there doing your dirty laundry taking a bite of a burger right in the middle of someone's dirty joke <laughs> just like, like good times man <laughs> that's the only place where i pissed off uh, i offended a bunch of asians because i made fun of selena i'm like wow that still mind boggles me to this day how would that i don't understand how that would offend i don't get it either they got offended it sounds like gaslighting to me yeah, I guess. I mean, some kind of manipulation. I was like, Mexican making fun of a Mexican singer, and they were Asian, and they were offended. I was like, wow, I'm still in awe of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had that uh, this uh, that manipulation that um, I don't know. I mean, why should you feel bad? I didn't feel bad. I mean, I made fun of them. I'm just no, still in awe of it. I was like, wow, I've never <laughs> had that happen to me before, you know? I'm a big Selena fan. Yeah, so then I switched it up to dis and Asian pop stars, and then they were even more offended. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I am confused. That that was what was brilliant about Brainwash. It made you like, if it, as a comedian, it would force you to adapt, you know, and I miss, I miss a lot of that, you know. Maybe it was that, like, chicken sandwich that they had, like, a couple minutes before that hit them the wrong way. I don't know. I you think know? they just were big Selena fans more than I am, so that's epic. Really? So, you're, yeah. not a, you're not a Selena fan? No, not really. Really? Yeah, I'm not a beady beady bum bone. I mean, uh, I'm from the West Coast, man. I'm a native to the West Coast. She too gringa? Well, I mean, it's Tejano music, you know. Uh, I come <laughs> from like Richie Valens, La Bamba, you know. That's our style. Yeah, no, and, that's a that's he, a great song. And he died younger, so we had it harder. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I have a friend that's a big La Bamba. I am as well. I just um, the theatrical. I mean, so many things with Selena, and also, you know, I can't believe that. La Bamba died younger than Selena. She was a... Yeah, all because of that white fool, uh, Buddy Holly, man. Oy. Every day I want to piss on his grave, you know? Oh, did they die in the same... Yeah, the day I the music died. That. Yeah, I musician? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> oh, no, I mean, I knew that, you know, and that song, you know, all Mer you know American Pie. Yeah, it's about him, uh, Buddy Holly, and the Big Bopper. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew the Buddy Holly thing. I don't know. I, uh, I'm an 80s kid. Yeah, I give you that, but uh, man, Buddy Holly, you had no right choosing that plane in that snowstorm. I hope he's burning in hell. I mean, Buddy Holly was 22, and you know what's really interesting? It's amazing how much came out of that. Well, you know that obviously, you know the Beatles, John Lennon and Paul McCartney were riffing off of Buddy Holly and the Crickets. I heard about that. Yeah, so I mean, there's so much that came out of that. I mean, even the little, the the little, the the thing that Buddy Holly they did that weird thing was like, ooh, ooh. Like, I'm telling you that Presley took some of that. All I know is, too, is that if, uh, because of that situation, if it's because of Buddy Holly that I'll never accept a Ooh. private jet <laughs> from a white man in uh, black frame glasses. 
Yeah, I mean, gosh, we're talking about like just so many, you know, big stars dying in these these airplanes and helicopters, and you know, S- Stevie Ray Vaughan too. Actually, I don't even knew that. I mean, he's a blues guy. He's from Texas. See, that's, that's cool. I love talking more now. It's like uh, the older I get in stand-up, the more I hate it now. I can't really stand watching anymore. Like, I just research a lot of music history these days. Yeah. You know, so I, uh, I myself, you know, just whatever, I mean, you're, whatever creative outlet you have, you know, you're comedian, of, you know, I think you identify with being a comedian. And um, you you go down, you dig down deep to wherever that is, you know, for material or for inspiration. And I, I did the, I mean, I call it the rabbit hole. And I, oh, I hit the rock hole. bottom. And when I hit rock bottom at the bottom of the rabbit hole, I was hanging out with Robert Johnson and Lead Belly. Wow, powerful. Yeah. I give you that, man. When I went down to the rabbit hole, it was like British comedians and uh, folk music. Yeah. I was listening to that racist band, the Cox Family. Oof, crazy. Cox Family? I've never even heard of that. <laughs> what the fuck am I living under? Uh, they helped uh, for the Old Brother Worth uh, soundtrack. So, yeah, good good folk music. Right, they're not really racist. I just I love calling them racist. Yeah, you know southern what, draw. <laughs> I was having I um you know had a had a barbecue. We have this cool neighborhood uh, thing going on, and um we're talking about. It. It's just like gosh, you know the only thing about this person being a fascist is you saying that they're a fascist. It's like you could just be pointing at somebody across the street that we met. It's like oh that person's a fascist or that person's a murderer. You know, know. Or like it's just so. It's There's so people who are fascist, man. There's a guy named Andrew and Pancake. They're fascists. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I need to fascist pancakes. Yeah, <laughs> they're out there. Yeah, I, they definitely are. You know, I, I I'm glad, and you know, I'm glad when someone brings it up. I know, you know, has nothing. To, you know, just in general, there's frauds out there, and you know, I, I, you know, I've come across some frauds, and I, I keep it to myself. But then yeah, you can't keep it to yourself too much, man. Sometimes you got to experience those frauds, you know? Oh, no, I definitely experienced it, but I, d- I don't go around and like talk about it. Oh, you have to sometimes. Yeah, maybe I should. That's should like, I talk man. about it right now on the radio? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> it's up to you, man. <laughs> this is your show. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I think that's what I do. Maybe just for me as an artist, like I internalize that. So, I, I when I know, so it was funny about it, and I had just one experience I had. With you, was it that um, you had that comedy uh, thing in the marina? Remember that little bar? Oh, yeah. What? Uh, what Black Horse? One? Yeah, Black yeah, Horse. Yeah, shout out to Black Horse. They're still open for deli sandwiches to go. Ooh, that sounds good. Deli sandwiches. Uh, and you were telling me about Tony Sparks out in front of the... And we talked about Tony so many times today. Um, out in front, I thought that you said Clinton Sparks. You know what Clinton <laughs> no, Sparks man. is? I was probably mumbling. I was probably was, drunk. No, it was freaking hilarious because I'm thinking there. I'm just like, there's no way he knows Clinton Sparks. Oh, okay. And I remember thinking I remember thinking that you were full of shit, but then I was thinking, and then it hit me. I was like, no, he didn't say Clinton Sparks. He said Tony Sparks. Yeah, wow. Did you say Clinton Sparks? Uh, no. Yeah. Was, I don't know who Clinton Sparks is. He's some, Tony. He's some big wig in L.A. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he like was part of like... Marshall Mathers and shit. What, Slim Shady? Yeah. Wow, okay. That'd be a good one. That'd be a fun one to remake. So, you know, I remember you saying you don't like Selena. 
Yeah. Uh, but I, I have to say this. So it was funny because I, I was introducing someone to Selena for the first time, you know, a couple months ago, and I was playing Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb. And, um, you know, somebody, my friend's girlfriend was like, hey, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, that's funny. That's probably where she got it from. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, and it's like, so. Wow. You think it was the movie, huh? It could have been, yeah. I think she could have been, like, watching it. Wow, and be so like, oh, she's a thief, too, huh? I don't know if it's a thief. Or well, inspired. Yeah, I don't know. I Inspired you know, by white folks. See, that's what's the problem with Selena. You know, really La Bamba was inspired by a folk um, uh, Mexican song, you know? It's a difference. It's like, that's the thing, though. It's like uh, Richie Valens a little bit more in tune to uh, Tijuana, which is yeah. our neighboring city. Well, Selena is, um, well, her style is mainly Texas. Yeah. Just Texas. Green yeah, guy. so it's kind of yeah. like saying Taco Bell versus carne asada, that, you know, taco de carne asada. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, yeah no, I, I get it too, especially. Uh, and it's, I don't, you know, I don't really hate her, I guess, per se. It's just, you know, not my, not my main forte, you know. I do end up skipping songs if I listen to Selena. Yeah, I mean, I get it. You know, it became corporate America and. Yeah, well, it it is it. what it is. It's, it's more particular the the Tejano style. There's just a lot of polka influence in it. So to me, it's like oh, okay, I get it. It's like it's like eating a taco with sour cream. I don't do that shit, you know. Really? Yeah, man. Is that a kosher? Yeah, it's like no, man. It's like we call that gringo shit, you know, gringo bullshit, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, man. It's like again, it's like if I listen to like some Spanish music, like one of my favorite groups is Tigres del Norte. Like, damn, do they throw down, you know? And they got a particular rhythm. That is uh, in tune to the home home country, you know, homeland. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought it would be fun, you know, to do a remake of the Chitty Bang and the Bitty Boom and do a Chitty Boom Boom. A crazy crossover album? Yeah. That sounds about right. But you're talking about... That sounds like you eat tacos with sour cream. That sounds like, yeah, since green. Yeah, so the... um, (laughs) What I I think you mentioned earlier, like, ripping off... Are, are stealing something um far as art i i, I think well I, I know that i mean if you give credit to the artist that inspired you i feel like what you know what's you know I, I don't know if you if you give credit to the artist that inspired you to uh to write the song or create the song then i don't know for me i would love for someone to cover i mean jason youngson covered oh, one I mean, of my songs co- coverage is cool it. all these things i mean uh i just uh me my ideology is i'm a purist man i love giving shout outs and props to the guys that are like pure you know they're really grinding something that's not existed you know something that's uh truly original I- i'm always going to be down for that man like i am one guy that does say that uh i like the nine inch nails version of hurt more than I like the johnny cash one yeah, I've had. I'm a. Mu- really? I'm a I've also been involved with the music community in Seattle, so I spend most of my time uh, booking bands and stuff. I was working for a place called Nectar Lounge, and so I really got accustomed to like being around musicians and talking about this. One of the biggest discussions I got with a good friend was uh, covers versus originals, and there's something about the original format, more so, you know. Yeah. So what's interesting about it is that I I feel like in, you know me personally, um, I I do enjoy original material a lot more than covers um and the only way that i could enjoy a cover is if somebody kind of makes it their own style what i found too i mean especially being a was a musician or somebody that makes noise like i'll hear i'll hear something and play it and i'll play it my way and then 
somebody that plays guitar the way that you're supposed to, um, you know, they're, they come up and they're like, yeah, like, oh, you're not playing it right. I'm just like, I'm not trying to play it like anyone, you know? I give you that, man. I mean, this is where I give a shout out to Clyde Always. I always love his rule. No covers at Cafe International. And then uh, he's tired of hearing too many Tom Petty's, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's what it is, too. I remember, um, so this is just an example that I have, you know, had some uh, friends that, that were big Dave Matthews fans. And I'm not really the big, I'm not a big, <laughs> I'm not a big Dave Matthews fan. I do a Seattle it. guy can say the hell with Dave Matthews. I appreciate it. I'm not going to, you know. I always like but, saying that the hell with Dave Matthews and, and the hell with Macklemore. Oh, those are the two. Yeah, so I, I made the mistake of um covering a Dave Matthews um song, J.W. Blunt style, and somebody liked it. And they're like, oh, my God, I love that. And then every time I hung out, I'm like, can you play it? Can you play it? I'm like, no. Yeah, that happens, <laughs> man. That happens. You, I mean, it's the overplayed Dave Matthews band song that he doesn't even play in shows anymore. It's you funny know what that, I'm talking about? that happens. Like Valentine, who used to perform with us at Hotel Utah and all that stuff, I run into him, and I always make him play uh, Love Vigilantes. Wow, I'm guilty of that. I don't know. I mean, it, it's good, you know, and that what it is for me, and, you know, I I think there's a lot of great artists, um, you know, of all kinds out there and locally here, including yourself. But there's always maybe a particular piece of an artist that they've created that you might like more than the rest. Not to say that you don't like the rest, but maybe that you're more gravitated toward than the other stuff that people do. Yeah, I mean, as far as music goes, like, I love listening to Robert Johnson. Like, that's, like, fine wine to me. Oh, that's cool. I yeah. never knew you got into Robert Johnson. Oh, that's yeah, a big man. deal. That was years ago, man. That, that was, like, my early 20s. Yeah, so you know everything about selling your soul to the devil. Huh? That's like a uh, fine wine to me. And then I'm uh, the older I get, the I've always been a huge Mozart fan, and it's it keeps getting more and more intense the older I get. So it's like that to me is like fine wine. You know what I'm saying? Like these are the type of rhythms that I've really been getting into, and like I've been really getting away from like, quote unquote, what people call as like the genius sounds and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I try to listen to like say like a hip hop song from when I was in middle school. I was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore, you know. <laughs> Turn it off right away. Put on some Mozart, you know. Yeah, I've gotten more into that too, and some Chopin, you know. But back to the whole Robert Johnson yeah. thing, you know. My mom is a huge Presley fan. I'm just like, mom, do you know where Presley is? A Delta Blues guy. You know where that came from? You know, and that's that's what it was. I mean, you know, Mississippi. So Presley was in was it Tupelo, Mississippi. Um, he was three years old when Robert Johnson died about 20 miles away. So basically in his backyard, he started the 27 Club. He yeah, sold his to the devil. That is true. And uh, so, I mean, that's that's what it was. I mean, even even um, and in being, you know, in the 50s and playing, you know, what they were calling black music then was maybe not as it was like he was kind of a menace. Yeah, for sure. Plus, man, I just love the, I love the ideology that like he technically sucked, and then uh, over like a matter of a night, like he was ten times better. That's insane. And I also respect the the how they portrayed him in uh, Oh Brother Warthow, man. It's like anything about like the lure of Robert Johnson, man. I can always get behind. I'm I'm getting more into those realms. It's like um, Robert Johnson, Mozart, you know, um, 
A big one too is uh, I always mess up their name, but like the Krause sisters, if I'm saying it right. Uh, they're a folk group that nobody talks about, and like uh, they use the one of their crucial songs on uh, "Oh Brother Where Art Thou." Like these kind of groups were like originators of certain things, you know. It's like I really appreciate that right now. Yeah, uh, the Krause sisters. I might be butchering the name. Uh, they sing a song called "I'll Fly Away." Like I can never stop listening to that man. I can listen to that one over, over, and over. I can't think of how that one goes right now. Why can't I think? Uh, it's like, uh, I'll fly away when I die. Hallelujah, by and by. I'll fly away in the morning. That sounds like a Neil Young song. It's not. It's uh, Krause Sisters. And it's an old song, too, from uh, probably like the South, I believe. Uh, these are some of these origin songs that sometimes people don't know, like the original writers. Like one of my favorites is uh, 500 Miles. You know, it's an old like kind of folk song, very Southern tune. You know, Th- these are the kind of things I've been getting into right now. 500 miles. Uh, yeah, a little shout-out to Sam Cooke, too, man. Oof. That guy, definitely, I've been sitting a lot alone looking out the window. 500 miles. See, like, if uh, as you're looking it up, the one with Justin Timberlake underneath, that's the one. That's the one? That, that's to me, is the best version. We should blare it. Yeah, we're going to blare it for all the listeners out there. Uh, this 500 miles, one of the greatest songs ever. Yeah, so Justin Timberlake redid it then? Uh, yeah, with Kathleen Mulligan. I forget the third guy's name. That's fun. 14 million views. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. This great little, you know, with this American pie and all that, you know, I feel like that's what it is. It's like if those people wouldn't have died, that this song may not have been written. Yeah, so it looks like a Jesus crap. Technical difficulty. Yeah, no, I, um, I found that too. So, you know, I don't know if you have any of your sets up on Spotify. If not, you should. No, I've been waiting for the right moment to start putting up stuff. And uh, I feel like this is like the, this bleeding into 2021 is the right year. 2020. Yeah, I got some, I got a couple ideas coming up here. I, I really, into some weird way, was looking forward to the second shutdown. Yeah. It's uh, it feels like a flashback down to uh, back to March sixteenth when this all happened. Well, I'm thinking it as a checkpoint, man. Ready for like better, newer material, all these things, you know. Putting in the c- certain types of training to like my new stuff. Yeah, it looks like the Justin Timberlake version. He must have ran into some sort of a uh, <laughs> a legal thing. Some bot, or maybe somebody tried to like take it, and then. They flagged it. The one with 14 million views is the one that was there, available. I listen to all these versions. I don't know what's up with. Uh, I just think you're going to make have a little technical difficulty. It could. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- these are the songs, though. I mean, continue on that tradition. It's like, oh, I've enjoyed a lot of these songs, especially like really understanding like uh, some of the songs that are out there that nobody knows who has written. Those have been becoming my fi- personal favorites. Like uh, what was it uh, what was it? The animals got pegged for that, right? Like uh, House of the Rising Sun. Nobody knows who wrote that, man. It's like I can listen to that song a lot, you know. Yeah. And minus the animals version, I like listening to like the guys that first discovered it. Yeah. Um. You know which one I really like by the animals, is a, you really got me. You know that song? Oh yeah. So. 
Um, is that what created JW? Blunt. <laughs> so the, it actually is power chords. Because I mean, you do it. It's like, it's like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it sounds very JW Blunt, you know. Girl, I want to be with. I usually I don't every, I don't every, write love songs though. Every time I run into you, I picture that song's playing in your like background. If that was like a movie or something. Probably yeah. You know what? Let's let's do it. Let's let's play this uh this animals version just because. This will be fun. Wow, that actually played. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm Ringo and I play the drums. Uh, well, I'm Paul, Ringo? I play the, uh, uh, bass. That's interesting. Yeah, it is I interesting. Because they're talking about the Beatles, I'm but it John says it's the I animals. Yeah, it must be some weird white people thing. You've huh? been very, very good tonight. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Here are the animals. They introduced the Beatles and now the animals are playing. I'd never do that. All right. Yeah, they've got the animals here, but sitting back in uh, the box here at Muni Radio with uh, Mauricio. Um, yeah, in the, the second lockdown of 2020. Yeah, ooh, I'm loving it. Oh, one more time, COVID. Let's do it. Okay. So <laughs> the, uh, the Star Wars thing. So you compared Star Wars to being Mexican. 
Yeah, man, I, I like that you keep bringing that one up. That's always like the joke that everyone wants to hear from me. And I wrote this years ago, too. Uh, and yeah, just the main emphasis is that I realize as a minority, I have a lot of activism to me. Uh, I got into a lot, involved with a lot of activism in Seattle with my core group up there, also in a political war. So every time that I write jokes, man, it's like I feel like I have to have some like deep message, too, on top of it. For that one, man, I just like really was pissing me off that like uh, I realized that in America, if you're dark, you're not going to get a president unless you get a Jedi first. That's the conclusion I came up with, you know, like in uh, like if you watch Star Wars, right? Samuel Jackson, they hire him as Mace Windu. The next day they got Obama. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> so like I just kept writing the like until I get a Mex, I want a Mexican Jedi. I want it so bad and until I get one. I'm claiming the Luke Skywalker family is Mexican. I like telling people, it's like, just look at the facts, man. It's like, first of all, Luke Skywalker comes from a shitty planet that looks like my hometown of Mexico, and they call it Tatooine. (laughs) And they're clearly on a farm, and they're not making any money. They can barely make ends meet, and they use their last bit of money to buy a gold droid. I'm like, come on, that is Mexican as fuck, (laughs) you know? You're like telling people, I was like, look at the car that Luke Skywalker's driving, too. It's a lowrider with the top down, you know? And he's cruising with his best friend, Arturito, you know, who whistles and does all the manual labor, right? And they're driving around looking for their best friend, Obi-Wan Kenobi, who looks like he's hiding in a cave. Come on, man. That's Mexican as fuck, man. I put that, uh, somebody has taken the story of my cousin Ricardo, you know, and putting it on the cinema. You know, I, I go from that, you know, those kind of angles. Wow, and that's like been your favorite, huh? Um, Yeah, especially the part... Um where, you know, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, like being, you'd said, you know, like being Mexican, you grow up to beat up your dad, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember, yeah, and that's the part where it's like, and Luke Skywalker gets uh, <laughs> abandoned by his father, and he eventually grows up and beats the shit out of his own dad. That's the story of my cousin Ricardo, you know? <laughs> Again, that's his story. And, like, every time we get have the family reunion for Carne Asada, we always hide the tequila bottle in the knives because Ricardo Sr. wants a rematch. Yeah, and that's how it goes. It's like... Uh, Mexican golf, you're saying. Yeah, that's Mexican golf. <laughs> <laughs> Weird old Mexican golf, you know? That's how we do it. Yeah, so I break down jokes like that, you know? It's like I always see, like, little flaws and holes in little everything, you know? R2-D- Wait, I say R2-D2, but you'd say it with your... Arturito? Arturito. Yeah. yeah. Someone named Arturo, <laughs> who's a little kid. We call him Arturito. And there you go. And uh, Mexicans whistle, and they do work. I don't know if you've ever been around Mexicans whistling. I have. What, I was times? raised. I was raised by a three single mom. Three times in your urban putt? I was, ra- I was raised by a single mom, and I got a lot of Mexicans whistling around me. So. Nice, uh. man. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably, they were probably more for your mom, though. Oh, yeah. 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 It was, hor- it was horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and back to construction. But I had a um. Had a Mexican babysitter. Oh wow! Did you sleep with her? I think she tucked me into bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty erotic, man. Damn! Wow. Sounds powerful. Powerful tale. It was powerful. That what got you for ready for women when you were like in your teens? I was maybe only like three. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Man, you were telling that story like you were 11, you know? <laughs> so that's what I, that's where I was thrown off. Yeah. Wow, where did I you got grow a Mexican up? heart, I'm telling you. Where did you grow up? I grew up in um, San Ramon. 
Castro okay. Valley, right Castro in the corner. Valley. Oh, that's your hood. Yeah, I was raised in a cattle ranch. Wow, it all makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I was raised by cowboys. And, uh, wow, so you're a cowboy. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. You're saying that, I don't know. I've, I'm just, uh, you know, I was raised by laborers. You know, people out there <laughs> working in the field. Man. It yeah, all makes sense now, man. I, I get it now. I was wondering about that. Yeah, first you do have a vibe, man. For a second there, I thought you were maybe from like Alabama or something. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah there <laughs> definitely is. And I was talking to somebody in uh, Tennessee actually uh, today for my day job, being the candy man. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, there's something that's interesting because being raised in kind of that country kind of thing, I mean, it's very, you know. That's how I got to know some of that stuff. I also ended up in Sandy, Oregon, of all places. I never thought I would end Where up the there. Where the fuck is that? It's a, uh, it's like East in Oregon. It's like you're headed towards a uh, Mount Hood, and wow, that I get. That's where it's I really like close to Idaho. Yeah, so I, that's when you're on your way to Idaho. But that's where I was like starting to pick up little. I don't know, like I remember like before that, it's like uh, I went to a middle school where like it naturally on its own was starting to become segregated. So Mexicans we all sat together. So then I moved to Sandy, Oregon, and I was like exposed to. Things like that I didn't understand, which was like Alan Jackson and Limp Biscuit. I was like, "What is all this?" You know? Yeah, and that's how I got to know a lot of those vibes or whatever. So I got a lot of friends who are also like racist rednecks. You know, uh, I was like the only minority that they loved. Like Fred you know? Dursch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I I ended up hanging out with the <laughs> skaters, and I was also around like suburbia, whatever that was, and then uh, Hicks, man. So it's like I learned a lot there. You know. That's interesting. I feel like on the other end over here, you know, Carlos Santana is one of my biggest influences. Wow, that's yours, huh? And so, wow, I, I took know. I took you more for a Garth Brooks kind of guy. Weird. I have you all wrong. It's very flattering. Yeah, but uh, I'm telling you, I got a Mexican heart. It's wow. there. What does that even mean? Like you sleep with Mexican women and don't call them the next day? <laughs> Catholic. Oh, there you go. Oh, Catholicism. Just joking. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Gosh. I just uh. Especially too, you know, being um, and I know that you, you know, you're in Seattle and you did some work up in Seattle and you know Hendrix was, was born there. Oh yeah, man, I always have that love uh, for uh, Hendrix, man. I always have to tell people on Hate Street to calm down, like Hendrix ain't theirs. You keep your Jonas Joplin bullshit to yourselves, you know. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, Carlos um, Santana's from Mexico, but came up here as a young kid. Yeah, he's from my neck of the woods, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, border town kid. I mean, just like when people are just right down the street from you, like maybe be on a Seattle, somebody like, oh, that that big time rock star fucking was walking on the street here, you know, at one point playing on the street. Like there's something that's really cool and real about that. Yeah, you got to respect that. Wow. Yeah, always, I'm always in awe every time I walk by his old school, you know, the mission mission. Yeah. A lot of people have been jumped in front of that school. Oof. We still feel your presence, Santana. <laughs> Smooth Yeah oh man Before the renovations On Dolores Park man That was very tough Being brown And wearing a fedora Let me tell you <laughs> And a Dodgers hat too Holy. You know what So before they redid it I was um, Redid the park I was With some acquaintances And uh, you know Some friends And It was somebody's birthday And it used to be A little bit more hilly It was hillier In the Where the tennis courts are Now So it was it was more of a dip, and there was more of a dip. That is and true. So, so we were, you know, had a soccer you know, ball or something. I was like, I'm going to take off my um, my jacket and kick the ball around. And I literally, like, 
it was for five minutes and I looked back around. I was like, my jacket was gone. And somebody up the top of the hill was like, hey, that, they took off with your jacket. And nice. I'm like, <clears throat> I felt like a, like Pappy Gilmore or something. Like this guy's running away with my gold jacket. <laughs> and so I'm you going and I'm just like, Morris. and really what it was is like, I just had like a bag of pot in there or whatever. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> you didn't care about the jacket. It, I didn't really care about the jacket, but then um, they pointed out who it was. And so I went and rushed th- this person down. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So I was just like, hey, I told this person, like, hey, I don't want any trouble. I just want my jacket back. Wow. And they were very nice and, and went, They were like, we keep the weed, but you keep the jacket. Um, so, no, there was no problem. It's like, oh, you know, they said, you know, that, you know, oh, I didn't know. I was just sitting there. And then like turned back around and had like five purses on his arm like he had been swiping <laughs> purses all day it's all dolores park back in the day man oh yeah that was the good old days as i call them that must have been like 2013 wow around there yeah you've been in the city for how long now uh you, i've always I've, i was a vagabond up and down i always have a history with every city on the west coast but officially living out here like this run or whatever has been three years or so yeah and I live in Oakland, man. I chose Oakland. So there's a, still a lot of animosity that I have in my heart for what I call the new San Francisco. Do you know that Oakland, <clears throat> they don't call it an open container? They call it an Oakland container. Oh. Yeah. It's yeah. like Vegas, except way more ver- murders. Wow, you definitely yeah. are from Castro Valley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice little nicknames. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, my situation was, I kind of lived a, I know. And I love Oakland, man. I got to say it. I love it better than San Francisco. 510. San Francisco lies to me too much. Oakland gives me hugs and then tells me to get back inside. That's good. Yeah. I love Oakland, man. I really do. It's like Sir, Sir Mix-a-Lot likes Oakland, too. Oh, really? Seattle, yeah. huh? There's a lot of people from Seattle that like uh, live there, too, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and Oakland travels well to uh, Seattle as well. Yeah, so L.A. face with an Oakland booty. All my closest friends in uh, Seattle, uh, they all have cousins in Oakland, so it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You got a lot of cousins, huh? Well, I mean, my cousins don't travel. They're all in Mexicali. I'm saying that uh, my friends in Seattle, uh, the majority of their, well, the majority of my friends all have cousins in Oakland. So it's like I never left. Yeah, it's a good one. I got a gra- great grandmother buried in at the uh, Mountain View Cemetery and. Part of a Piedmont. Wow, was, man, you got your family history out here, huh? Yeah. Wow, crazy. I tell you about it. Yeah, my great 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 grandparents met here. Um. Wow, powerful. Yeah. I guess uh, I mean it was before cars, you know. Then the earthquake happened. Took a boat across the bay before the bridge is built. Wow, that's how it went down. Yeah. <laughs> bought a bought a, a ranch. That my family still runs cows on till today. Wow, so it's been in your family's hands for like centuries. Yeah. Wow, crazy. You are a cowboy. It's pretty cool. It's man, pretty. You should switch to country, man. Um, you know what is um, oh my God, have you switched to country during these trying times? Oh my God, I could put uh, "Make America Great" hat on you and marketed you. Oh my God, we'd make it tomorrow, man. <laughs> you know what is? I have you a hard time take advantage of that market. So my mom, you know, told me when I was a, a kid, and I thought it was. I think there's a lot of truth to it. Is that you know. Most country music is sad, and so that's the thing with 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 country. If I was gonna, I don't, I don't want well old school country, not the new sellout 
uh, bullshit yeah. is uh, pretty happy. Yeah, I could. I don't know. I I think that um, I'm gonna say um, was it Alan Jackson? Uh, good old Alan Jackson, man. And, Mercury um, Blues Toby ain't Keith. Sad. They had some good stuff, like uh, Chatty Hoochie. Do you remember that song? No. I love Mercury Blues by Ellen Jackson. Was it the um, all-time favorite? Should have been a cowboy. You know that one? No. Are you about to bust it out? I can, yeah, if you want me to. Yeah, go for it. You know what I'm saying? Could have had a sidekick with a funny name. Running wild through the hills, chasing Jesse James. Ending on a break of danger. I'm rider, 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 riding a shotgun with a Texas Ranger. Stealing the young girl's hearts. Just like Gene and Roy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Singing the Mutiny Radio.fm songs. <laughs> should have been. In. I want to make up. Maybe I should do. We should do a parody of that because that. That like that's the most basic chord progression ever. Such like, a powerful rendition. Yeah. I don't know. I like to consider myself a comedic singer songwriter. I just uh I think with music it's more based off of energy, right? It's like you feel it, you don't hear it, you feel it. And it's like you yell at somebody, you know, outside, you're like ah! and they it takes them like a minute to figure out what you said. You know, I feel like when you're doing comedy, it's very, like, clear. It's, like, what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you don't mumble, you know? That's always a plus. Sometimes that could be, you know, tough, but... Oh, man, that's the big one. That's the one that'll definitely butcher you as far as performing stand-up. As long as you don't mumble and you know how to use the mic, yeah, it's very, very direct. God, music, man. You guys got to figure out all the angles. Yeah, I mean, th- there's definitely more, there's more moving parts with the instruments and, and that kind of thing. Like, I could practice at my place all day and have the song, like, you know, I have a hard time sitting still. I think that's my problem. And then when I'm, and so, you know, to have a microphone in front of your face and have to stand by it while you're playing is just so. Feels so good. I don't love. See, if I was a musician, I'd do Zoom. I, I vow not to do Zoom because it's like I need the direct interaction to feel good. It's like, damn, man, that's um, that is something I love, admire about musicians. They could just uh, turn it on right there and just go for it, you know. God, man, if I was like, <laughs> if I was a musician, man, I'd be on Instagram Live all the time, you know. Yeah. Yeah, flipping off the camera too, you know, playing to the beat of my own drum. Yeah. Yeah, and I would change my stage name to Brandon Gazelle. That is a winner. That that would that would be me right now if I was a musician right now. I think so. Yeah. yeah. You know what? So we're Brandon Gazelle Part Two would be the name of my act. <laughs> yeah, we create. Yeah. And I'd be uh, and, I, and I would go live on Instagram. Yeah. Did you see his Brenny Road? No, I didn't see that one. I saw a little bit of the Gaga. That's what I saw. He's got some really clever names. Wow, okay. So he's got alter egos? Yeah, I think. I mean, do you not have an alter ego? I mean, I go by Mauricio. Uh, Is that not your real name? Uh, I go by Mauricio. My old stage name was Waffles. So I should probably go back to that. Maybe. Yeah. And take down that fascist pancake. He knows he's out there. 
Yeah, he's out there listening in right now. Yeah, hope he burns in hell too. Oh uh, wow, maybe I should go back to waffles. <laughs> I, I changed. My, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just kind of, I just like had this a vision of, of um, lighting someone's pancakes on fire, like. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about the comedian pancake. Yeah, I know. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to see pancakes burning. <laughs> all like right. That makes sense. Some gasoline, some pancakes. That makes sense. You are from Castro Valley. It all makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kid, man. I kid. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to be anyone else. Yeah, true that, man. True that. Yeah, the JW Blunt thing, my biological name is too uh too common. And so my whole philosophy with it was that, you know, more people smoke pot than voted for George or Joe Biden. I always thought you were so. just the biggest James Blunt fan of all time. That's what I thought <laughs> you were going for, you know. So I, yeah. I really pictured you had like Three posters on your wall, <laughs> like it's fucking hilarious. Special edition album cover, you know, like you're all about it. You know? Yeah, so he writes love songs. Yeah, he's the he's the you're beautiful guy, right? Yeah, and I don't write love songs. Ah, uh, you should try it, man. That's probably what you're missing. You probably would blow up in like two days if you did it, you know. Yeah, you gotta follow your hero, James Blunt, man, and quit listening to all the fakers. I don't know. I I feel like for me, like. It's boring. Damn, man. I've been seeing James Blunt too many times. I, I feel like listening to him when I get home, you know, put on a little wine, finish watching The Matrix, and end the night with a little James Blunt, you know. Which one? Not it, Beautiful. I have to. No. I have to. That's the song, oh, man. man. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a big hit. Um, no, I did it as a joke and because it wasn't t- everything else was taken. I mean, the last thrash rock band I was in uh, – Maybe not the last, the second last um, thrash rock band I was in. We had came up with so many names, and every single one of the names was taken. So we eventually had to name our band Ten Sack <laughs> because everything else was taken. Ten and it's, sack. Same, it's really honestly. Did you wear like a backwards cap? I, yeah. I mean, on occasions, yeah. All right, that sounds about right then. All right, good. And it was really heavy thrash. And you actually did it right. Were you yeah. wearing like Vans sneakers? Uh, I. I'm I'm more of a Nike kind of. Yeah, but for that image, man, wow, that's where you messed up, then. Yeah, you needed some hot topic it's not, t-shirts. It's not what it looks some like. Band what shoes. Is no, so I I my signature has always been the sweater. <laughs> Wait, what was it called? Ten cent. Ten sack. Ten sack. <laughs> Talk about the worst name for a band. So there was this. <laughs> did you guys uh, only play at a suburb kids or something? Or? Um, we played at Eli's Mile High Club. We did a couple of um, you know. Venues. Our actual drummer got signed to Columbia, which is even crazier. What? what? And he just left you guys in the dirt? Um, <laughs> that's a, that, that messed up, man. You know, we had some dirty pie and and um, beer and a bowl of cereal, and sent him on his way. Oh uh, man, I want. I can envision it. He's like, uh, no way, man. My band comes with me. They're like, we're giving you a contract. He's like, okay, <laughs> we'll just get another guy named him, James J W. Yeah, so there's only one ten sack, ten and there's sack. only there's only one J W Blunt too. Are you about to play ten sack? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> play. Yeah, so I. Uh, I'm gonna start calling you ten sack from here on out. It's so funny. Yeah. Ten J W ten sack Blunt. Yeah, that name makes a lot. That should sense. be your new stage name. 
And this time we get we do it right, man. We give you a little attitude. That's what you're missing. <laughs> G-Dab. It's like being bad, but with attitude. Here we go. Yeah, this one. Bandcamp 2014. <laughs> Bandcamp wow. 2014. It's been six years already. Yeah, since you got left. <laughs> <laughs> That is one minute and 42 seconds of pain. Um, I did not sing. I didn't feel, I wouldn't feel comfortable with at the time in my life and my professional career to be the lead singer of a band called Tensack. Uh, so I was just playing bass in there. What were you guys so angry about, too? What was going on in 2014? No, so the thing is, is like with that kind of style and when you're playing that fast on the drums, it's like you have to scream loud. You have to be louder than the drums oh you guys weren't making a statement and so our drummer brandon brandon freed um is touring uh with a band called the neighborhood wow and he just left you in the dirt huh not not really i think he probably did us a favor (laughs) i could actually do i could i could have done vocals probably for this but um but then I would have been a lead singer of a band called Tensack. <laughs> I don't know what I think. I think being. I like ten- how you say you're not too proud of it, but like you say it in such a slick way. You're like Tensack. <laughs> I mean, like being cool is the last thing that I want to be. You know. Well, but you try so hard. <laughs> I don't never, think so. You never I? pull it off, but you try. <laughs> <laughs> With pink hair and like rose tinted glasses. <laughs> I remember all your incarnations. You tried. Yeah, I don't know. The rose lens glasses are just. Um, I like how angry you guys were in that. I was like, what political statement are they making? I was like, what I thought is like, man, these guys really hate Gap Jeans. That's the whole thing <laughs> that I kept thinking as I was listening <laughs> to that song. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to even tell. I don't even know when Royce, um, Royce Jones, who's the lead singer. Um, what happened to him? He's on the uh, East Coast and he started up his own vegan pizza. Wow. So he sold out, huh? I don't know. I don't know. You know, the thing is, it's like, I guess being sold out is like only a matter of opinion. Like we were talking about earlier, there could be someone on the street and you can 
I don't know, but for how rageful he was in this song, I did not expect vegan pizza owner. <laughs> you know, like, that's what I mean. It's like, vegan wow. Pizza. <laughs> He's too happy now. That's why it didn't work, man. He internally was at peace eating vegan food. That's why it didn't pull, pull off, you know? Yeah, I remember uh, we started this band in East Oakland. It's awesome. East Oakland, 10 sack. And it sounds very East Oakland, too, man. And um, Did I you guys w- get in a fight with Green Day? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I wonder, you know... I wonder what meeting Billy Joe Armstrong would be like. I feel like Billy Joe would piss me off for like five minutes, and then I think we, after an argument, we'd probably start getting along. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's a big Bay Area kid. I don't know. I mean, it'd be, it'd be cool. Shocked me, man. My whole, the whole time as I was a punk kid, I thought that he was from like San Diego or something. Then when I moved out here, they're like, no, he's from up the street. I was like, whoa, all right, all right, touche, you know. Yeah, you know there there's something about um and so Hendrix, Page and and James Blunt. Uh Carlos Santana are my three number one influences on the guitar. What? And you're leaving out Blunt? Come on, man. Just time to admit it to the audience, man. <laughs> you know like, what? It, you don't have to hide who you are, man. If you love James <laughs> Blunt, just tell everyone, man. I, it's cool. I would I'm say I'm not gonna judge you. I would say that I I I did, but I don't. <laughs> I, I um so you there know the he whole goes, thing, radio universe the there whole, he goes classic jw blunt right there. i appreciate it good for him like um <laughs> he was a military person um yeah i i don't know i mean like good for him i'm not saying like i you know i totally appreciate it i just so you know the beatles the whole thing with the beatles and paul and and john lennon they had this whole back and forth and john lennon had said that you know paul mccartney writes silly love songs and that's the way I feel about James Blunt. I don't think that he's not talented. <laughs> I like how you're hiding it from the stratosphere. I, that's right, I, man. I'm not hiding it. We'll put it. him at number four. But I mean, <laughs> but um, ever, it's just like ten seconds. That's what I we won't, got. I won't hide you, James Blunt. I'm that, still, I'm still one of your biggest fans. And let's free Britney Spears while we're at it. I love Britney. Yeah, I'm trying to free her, man. I just joined the movement. <sighs> I love Britney. Yeah, let's free yeah. her. Damn it. I like Gaga too. I like I that know. you brought your three though. What was the three again? Um, Hendrix, Santana, and Page. Wow, powerful, huh? It's like a s'mores. Yeah. It's a good top three, man. Yeah. I guess it's like if I'm going to go modern, like the older I get, like my top three becomes like Ray Charles. God, uh, who, God, I, for some reason it's just popping in my head. It's just Sam Cooke, man. I really can't stop listening to him right now. It's ridiculous, you know? Really, really puts a number on you. And then the the third one, man. Uh, if I had to choose right now, that I couldn't stop listening, was uh, God, particular folk music. Uh, wow, third man. I like that you brought up the list thing. I was like, because uh, I was actually uh, going through certain songs. Okay, and on uh, number three right now. For right now, I'm not. I don't know. You're going all time, right? Yeah. Damn, man. That's that's the that's a true. No, that's one. fine. Yeah. Wow, so poetic. You are the spitting. I got to go Mozart, man. Number three for right now. Mozart is always on there forever, but man, I can't stop listening to Ray Charles and Sam Cooke. Uh, kids out there, put down the drugs and go back to listening to some good music. So Iron Maiden totally ripped um, Mozart. I don't know if you got that. Uh, they probably ripped off everyone, man. All those, yeah. all those white kids with bands were ripping off everyone. The one that shocked me was that Led, what was it, Led Zeppelin? They got busted. Did they? 
Yeah, they they had to go to court for like stealing this one guy's like style and sound, everything, or whatever. Songs too. Did they win that case? Probably not. Yeah, I think the other guy won. Really? Yeah. Came out of the shadows, man. Yeah, it was a particular court case, man. I always remember Led Zeppelin and the band Enigma for ripping people off. Oh yeah, fuck Enigma. Oh. Sorry, are we allowed to say that word on your show? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, no, oh. this is uh, the SEC is not coming after us. Curse like a sailor. That's what we call it. I mean, I don't know why. Damn, I really wanted the SEC after us. You know, then uh-huh. that's how I make my statement. Yeah, you got to get them running after you. But yeah, Led Zeppelin got busted in like a big case. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, pr- hmm, I think they won that case, but I could be wrong. Um, it hasn't really affected their reputation at all. I think they're just thieves. They're cheats, swinglers. I'll never look at them the same. They are. Oh um, yeah, you're right. They won the case, and it was uh, part of it was uh, involving Stairway to Heaven. Um, yeah, it's just so basic, man. I just, I don't even know, you know, Selena didn't get ripped for the chitty chitty bang bang. So, well, I mean, she didn't rip it off, man. I mean, these guys are like, I don't know, man. I, I, it's hard for me to trust any of those old bands. Now we're talking. Some real Mexicana. That is a very, very fun song. Now we're talking. Oh, that Selena talk almost made me feel Chicano in uh, the mission. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I'm not Chicano. I'm Mexicano. From Mexico. Yeah, I get it. Ice. I'm legal. If you're listening. I'm gringa. I'm Mexican gringas. Get you know what I'm talking about? There's a lot of Mexican gringas out there. It gets Selena. I get. I think a lot of you know. I don't know. I. uh it's been really fun having you. Everyone that's listening to this, Mauricio, you can find him. Um, 
anywhere? All over Instagram, all over Facebook, possibly jail. And if you're my friends, you know how to bail me out. I'm just trying to think of where you would, why you would go to jail for something. There's stories out there, man. I just can't imagine. <laughs> and, I'll leave, and I leave those do? stories for another time. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing that helps me out is I always call myself Josh Khan, though, so I'll never be found. Josh Khan, one of the rare comedic singer-songwriters. <laughs> and I'm glad that it's so rare, too. It is. All right. JW Mega Wig Show. We'll catch you next week. This Tiki Desk concert thing might get called off because of this whole shelter-in-place thing. We'll see. If it goes down, we're not going to be promoting it at all because we don't even want to know. <laughs> all right, you go. Uh, sheltering in place. We'll see you next week.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Tebow of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hey, you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast. Zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook. Old wounds, new skin. 
which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it and don't let the poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman.
How much do we love the JW Megawag show? So much. Uh, hi, I'm Pam. I'm uh, chilling at the end of... Oh, what's happening? So I'm ruining the end of the, of the uh, JW Megawake show here. But uh, we're going to listen to another awesome, 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 awesome Billy Joel song. Yes. Yes, Billy Joel, yes.
I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch San Francisco, what are you doing this week? Come join Mutiny Radio Presents for four different comedy shows supporting local businesses in the Mission District and beyond. On Sunday, join us in the Tenderloin at Resolute Wine Bar, 678 Geary, for Barrel of Laughs at Resolute, an amazing comedy show with the best wines curated by Resolute. On Wednesdays, join us at Asiento. At and 21st and Bryant for dinner and a show at Asiento. Delicious tapas, incredible drinks, hilarious comedy. Wednesday nights at 7.30. On Fridays at 7 o'clock, join us outside mutinyradio.fm here at 21st and Florida. 7 o'clock for outdoor comedy, socially distanced in the street. And Saturdays, join us at Atlas Cafe SF at 20th in Alabama for Titans of Comedy every Saturday at 2 o'clock. Hey, keep supporting local businesses and comedy here in San Francisco with your friends at Mutiny Radio. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff 
Talk to Under. Go to SkinOnSkins.com. That's S-K-I-N-O-N-S-K-I-N-S.com. You just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather? Go see Under. Everything is handcrafted and understated quality. Fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs. He also does fixes. Maybe you love that jacket. He'll put the zipper back in. Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check him out at SkinOnSkins.com. LSD, fap, acid, fapping, fapping, acid, acid, fapping, fapping, acid, fap, 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. What is flat black plastic what could it be it's exactly what you think it is flat black plastic vinyl records round played mixed all for you every Saturday from noon to two by Scotto Amazing artist, music DJ, vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. This is Tuchel Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! My name is Breakfast. And I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining 